0: Let's do, this. Let's do, do this. this. Let's do this. This is the Rich Eisen show. Come on, <laughs> in. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. JJ back to pass. Fires end zone. Roman Wilson touchdown. John Quinnsmore. An
1: incredibly disappointing loss.
0: The Rich Eisen show. Today's guests: Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, Saints punter Lou Headley. Voice of Prime Video Thursday Night Football, Al Michaels. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Demarcus Ware. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of The Rich Eisen Show, live in Los Angeles, California. It is NFL debut week, college football taking over Labor Day weekend, as always. Please give us a call. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on this program. Check us out all three hours live on the Roku channel. Would be great to chat with you here today. We've got a full house of guests, Al Michaels, right in the middle of this program, the centerpiece, the great voice of football. Al Michaels will be joining us here on this program. We also have joining us in less than 20 minutes' time, the head coach that's going to take the Kansas City Chiefs onto the field two nights from now to kick off the season and raise a banner for the good people of Kansas City and also Chiefs Kingdom. Andy Reid will be on this program. Uh, Good to see you over there. Chris Brockman, how are you, sir? Rich, what's happening? A great debut for Overreaction Monday, the podcast version yesterday. If you missed it, it's on our YouTube page. But for sure, we want you to listen to it. So where all podcasts can be acquired, Overreaction Monday, every single Monday. Our season preview debut of that program. Uh, Hit your uh, eardrums, hopefully, yesterday. Just check us out. Where all podcasts can be acquired. DJ Mikey D is in D's nuts. How are you over there, sir? What's going doing on? Well, good morning, Rich. TJ Jefferson, I believe there needs to be a new banner on your a. list of teams a. that you follow, sir. How are you over there on this Tuesday
2: after Labor Day? Guys, just understand we saw a paradigm shift in the world of college football in Fort Worth this weekend. And I'm excited to see what happens in Colorado.
0: I don't know, but you guys. Okay, yeah, it's going to be great. For one, for one week. It's going to be great. No, no, no. Look, you, you have every right to sit there and go, oh, it's just one week. But uh, I'm about to go all in um, uh, about the Colorado Buffaloes. I am biased. I love Dion Sanders. Got to work with him for darn near a decade and a half. I got to know him. Dern near, Rich. And I, darn near, pardon Dernier. me. Well, I didn't say damn. Did I say damn? No, I. you said damn. Durn near. Because <laughs> Deion hasn't cursed for decades. Listen. Uh, I told everybody here last week that Deion Sanders was going to show up with the Colorado Buffaloes this weekend and show everybody that he means business. Did I think they would beat TCU? Got to be honest with you. I wasn't ready to go that far. I mean, as much as I love prime and believe in everything that he does, 86 new players, 86 turnover. We knew it was coming. Because when he showed up and spoke to the one-win Colorado Buffaloes as they were amassed in front of him right after his hiring, he said he was bringing Louis with him, meaning Louis Vuitton, that's the luggage that he would be bringing uh, for them to pack their bags because he was coming to bring his people, his kids, his vision to town, and one win ain't it. And sure enough, one game into his tenure in Colorado, he has already matched last year's win total. They went into TCU against the runner-ups from last year. And, of course, they lost some players. But they're not uh, in any way, shape, or form the doormats of college football as Colorado was last year. 17th ranked. And Colorado went in and won this football game. 45-42. I thought it was going to be one of those whoever has the ball lasts wins wins. I like it. That this was a an offensive track meet. And sure enough, Colorado made a defensive stop to wrap the game. And what we saw, like I told you would see, would be Dion Sanders showing you he means business. I don't understand how for so many folks out there, after – He's been at it for this long. I tweeted out that this was the latest example of many over the last four decades, essentially, that he is the man. I don't understand if, why people think that he's just doing this just for him, for his ego, for his flash, his style. He means business. He is a coach. He is a leader of men and what he has done is create a program in his image. Quite literally, two sons. Shadur and Shiloh, his son, the quarterback, threw for 510 yards. That's all he did. Four <laughs> touchdowns. And he was throwing dimes, dots, ropes. And he missed some throws, apparently, in the first half, as Dion, again, in his image, running off the field at halftime, spoke to Jenny Taft of the Fox broadcast and mentioned how there were a couple of missed opportunities and had his son connected on them. He said the Heisman would already be chilling at the crib (laughs) as he ran off to go speak to his team at halftime. Again, you don't hear coaches talk like this or be as upfront as that. Heisman would be chilling at the crib after one half of football. Yeah, and he means it. 510 yards and four touchdowns. Uh Uh-huh. His son is in the mix after one week of Heisman trophy talk. Shiloh, his son, 10 tackles tied for the lead of the team. Also, you want to talk about in his image. It's Travis Hunter, kid. Which coach would go out there and say, you know what we're going to do with Travis Hunter? We're going to let him play defense because that's what he was essentially recruited to do at corner, but we'll let him play wide receiver. How many coaches would go ahead and say yes to that? Well, obviously, Dion would be the one to go ahead and okay that because that's what Dion would always call himself – Called himself a five-down player. Three on defense, one on special teams, and then one on offense. That's how Dion would refer to himself. Travis Hunter, 151 snaps against TCU. (laughs) 39 at wide receiver, 28 at slot corner, 81 at wide corner, two at slot corner, one at box, 10 catches, 117 yards, three forced incompletions, and one interception that... Got, I believe, the first wow out of Gus Johnson on the day from the booth. That's Dion's image as well as him talking it because his team walked it. This was prime after the game. This is the one soundbite to me that stands out amongst the many after the contest.
1: Turn on the film. I tell him to turn on the film. We're going to continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do because I'm here and ain't going nowhere, and I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. (laughs) I'm about to get comfortable
0: in a minute. How many times have we heard Dion talk like that (laughs) (laughs) amongst ourselves? It's different because we know him, right? Right. But that's our point here. And that was an answer to the question referring to what you had said off the top and what a lot of folks, I think, are saying, which is, oh, that's just one game. True, it is one game. Absolutely, it is one game. They're going through a Pac-12 cauldron. Which, by the way, it appears to be Pac-12 hasn't lost yet. What a way for the Pac-12 to go out. How about that? Right? They haven't lost yet. And so there's some big-time games coming and some big-time opponents coming. I mean, not not this week. They might hang 60 on on Nebraska. Hold on a second on that. I'm I'm about to to get to that. (laughs) See ya. Because that's part of where I was winding up. Okay, great. So, yeah. But our point is, that's not an act. That's Dion. Of course not. That's prime. Yeah. You know, I know there's probably a lot of folks out there saying, why is he making it about race? Because it is. Part of it is about that. Part of it is about when you're, you're saying, did they really do it? Can they really do it? Look at the tape. Damn straight look at the tape. They got some ballers there. Balling out. They're going to have to prepare for the quarterback. They're going to have to prepare for the defensive back slash wide receiver. A whole bunch of other kids that are there. Yeah. And Dion is still Instagramming out and talking. And a lot of folks will be like, Normally, you just shouldn't be talking still. It's just one game. But that's Dion. He's just gonna keep on doing his thing. Which also is did you see his pregame speech to the team? This is something else as well. I'm so, this got me so fired up because I know he's been waiting for this moment for quite a a long time and he knew this was it and he knew exactly how to talk to his kids and he knew exactly how to set the stage and you tell me if this is now surprising to see what Colorado did in TCU after his kids heard this before going out.
1: Usually God gave me a word long before this, but he's been holding it. Because it's not about them. This is about us. This has nothing to do with the team that's opposing us. This is about us. This ain't got nothing to do with the naysayers, the the unbelievers, the haters, the doubters. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endured. Because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who wants this thing. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that gots to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We ain't got next. Oh, we got
2: now.
1: Yeah. We ain't coming no more. we here. we here. we we here. Give me my theme music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, yeah. Up, give me Give me my theme
0: music. Give me a wall to run through right now. My favorite part about that speech, he says, we're not coming. And the rest of the players, his kids screamed, we here, because they knew what he was getting at. They are one. Look out. I'm telling you, if the Nebraska team that struggled against Minnesota in week one Shows up in Colorado this oh. common Saturday. They will beat Nebraska back to the Homestead Act. <laughs> back to the territory. Yeah. Wow. That's how far back they're going to uh, beat him back. It could be bad. Honestly, wow. like Deadwood didn't exist. That's the last. Yeah. I, 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 seriously, because the coach there also <laughs> was bestowed a job in the NFL. Okay. And, and, uh, and I just want to say this because I did suppose the reason why Dion said, I'm not a knoll. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a Talladega college guy. And I, I assumed it was part of he said that is because, you know, he was disappointed in a way that Florida State didn't offer him a gig. I was told as well. He, 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 he's saying that stuff because he's recruiting against Florida State. He already took Travis Hunter from him. And he's going to go take more from him. And that's, the, that's his approach. It's not like I was not no when I was playing, but now I'm the coach. And, and I have moved on. And then, of course, you need a quarterback who can light it up, and he's got one in his son who is – talk. listen to the way he talks. This is the – this soundbite from Shadour after the game. Talking about – Nah. Yeah, check it out. Not,
1: nothing really – I'll say the only difference between FCS and this level is the D-line get off blocks if you try to scramble up faster. That's it. Everything else, you got good players, you got good DBs, good receivers, everything like that. You just have more of those on the the field at once. You got to think, everybody on the field ain't going first round. A lot of people on the field may not get drafted. So don't let people fear names. I don't fear names because I really don't care. But that's the biggest thing. When you fear names and and you let, that's half the battle. you already losing. Dang, we playing TCU. I respect the university. I respect everything about them. But personally, I just never cared about names.
0: Sounds like his dad, doesn't he? I mean, it, it makes sense to just, I don't care about the name on the front. And also, just one last thing, in his, in his image, I think, again, so many people think of prime time and the fact that he just, with his talent, beat everybody. He did on certain days, I believe, his talent would last. Do you know what Dion would do? He told me this over and over again when he was playing way back in the day he would have some sort of videotape setup. This is way before there were videotape setups, okay? He would have a videotape setup in his hotel room and hotel bathroom while he would take a bath the night before a game to get ready, and he would rest the video machine on the bathtub or the toilet seat and just sit there and watch as much film as he could as much as he could possibly mentally be ready to beat you because he knew what you were going to do by your tendency, by the way your feet were set, by the way your hands were being held at your sides because he's smarter than you too. And I would counsel everybody else that thinks they just out-talented TCU to listen to what his son just said. This mindset of, The defenders here at this level as opposed to where I was playing in Jackson State with my dad, where everybody thought I was playing just because my dad was the coach. No, I've noticed these guys get off their blocks a little faster. That's what I'm noticing here. Look out is all I'm counseling. And unless you are rooting heavily against Dion, then maybe you should just go out and think, okay, they'll fall off. They might not be deep. Again, 86 new kids if they got an injury here or or an injury there. But they also got through a game in apparently 120 degree on-field heat with that supposedly thin roster. That was amazing. Holy cow. And, you know, Clemson lost to Duke, and Florida State beat the crap out of LSU, even though Brian Kelly said we're going to beat the brakes off of, you know, Florida State. You know, there are a lot of other aspects of college football this weekend that deserve mention. And Texas is playing Alabama this week, and that's going to be obviously the marquee for good reasons. But look out. What a weekend. Holy smokes. Eight four four two zero four. 204 rich is the number to dial. That's why they, if we added a Colorado pennant to your meme of all the teams that you follow. TJ? I,
2: was, I was all for it. It was very necessary. Uh, you know, guys, I know we're going to break, but real quick, people don't like to hear this sometimes, but sometimes in life there are people, man, who truly are blessed and highly favored. We, we all know people like that who, and I'm friends with some, who just anything they do, anything they touch, turns to gold, that works for them. Dion's one of those people, I believe, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be successful. Just, there's no question that this team is, is, is going
0: to be great. And it might not be this year, although it looks like it will be. Well, he's only going to get better. He's like only going to get better. Like I said, he is coming for your recruit. I thought I saw, I, he was talking to some kids who went up to him from TCU. I thought to myself, that is the last coach I'd want my kid to go up and talk to after the game. Even if he's saying to him, You've done, you did well, <laughs> you're awesome, you know, we, we had a tough time against you. You see that all the time. And I think it's classy that they do that. Uh-uh. No talking to Dion.
3: No talking to Dion, no looking at his
0: videos, no looking at his pregame speeches when he wants his when he calls for his theme music, you duck. Holy cow. What a week one for him and Colorado. The Buffs fans must be out of their skulls right now. <laughs> Skull they're gonna show up to try and take Nebraska out. Like an old school game, hey, man. Map. Oh my gosh. They're gonna be begging for Tom Osborne by the end of that.
2: <laughs> Tommy Fraser, where are you at? Yeah, where's Tommy <laughs> Fraser?
0: Mike Rozier. Oh my God! Like the Nebraska territories, it's gonna be like 1883. They're gonna hit him. They're gonna go turn back the clock. Whoa! Yeah, he's taking
2: kids, Rich. I mean, oh. and I mean that in a positive way. Those kids are gonna want to go play for him, and his his shadow's so large. Mike, he hasn't played the football game since 2005. People still do his dance. Well, we do it. He still, They still do his dance in the end zone when they, they, they take a pick six.
0: Let's take no a break. Um, Andy Reid's coming up next. Al Michaels is making his way to the studio. Also on this program, DeMarcus Ware, Pro Football Hall of Famer. And at the end of the hour, the 30-year-old rookie punter of the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, Lou Hetty, will be on this program. It's Headley. Oh, that's right. My bad. <laughs> It's Headley. It's Headley. Oh my gosh. Are we going to use that <laughs> drop like crazy or what? It is Headley. Lou Headley, Andy Reid, Al headly. Michaels, DeMarcus Ware, and you. 844 204 Rich, number to dial. Andy Reid, when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com/awards only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. That's the way to start the program. Yeah, I mean it's Man. the story of the weekend. It Isn't was it? A, it was an awesome college football weekend, yeah, though, I will say. We are back. Yeah. Florida I mean, State Duke, looked pretty Florida good in the State's second huge half. Huge win. Yep. Duke upsetting Clemson last night. Was it insane. was it was awesome. By three touchdowns. That's a shame.
2: three you, touchdowns. The, your Wolverines just rolled. That's no. Well, victory. I mean, did
0: they? <laughs> I mean, thirty to three. Uh, look, I mean, it's the weird thing they did to start the game. Well, uh, well, they did that for the the train you know, formation for Harbaugh held up number four. I mean, look, everybody's got to use whatever they want to get through the day, get through the week, get through the year, get through the season. If they want to use the fact that the coach got sat, most likely by school, you know, management for three games, you know, to try and light the fire, I'm all for it. You know, Jim's all for it. I'll tell you this, man. Um, I don't care about that final score, 30 to three, because guess what? First of all, they didn't get app stated. That's the way I look at it. And number two... Did you, and I'm not saying this as a facetious or trolling thing, did you see the game? Did you see it? No, it's saw Okay, his, I saw J.J. Sport. McCarthy looked well, good. I saw, I saw his numbers. Dude, when I say good, like, he looks vastly improved. Oh, I mean, he's fourth. Vast. He's fourth in the husband, odds. He like, looks vastly everyone, improved. Look at those it's, numbers. It's he real. didn't miss many yeah. passes. Yeah. So, and Blake Corum looked like Blake Corum, which is clearly coming off of a knee injury, which you needed to see, so. There you go, thirty-three final. JJ McCarthy got it done. Blake Horn looked healthy. Defense buzzing around. Onward, moving on. So, but but Clemson losing by three touchdowns today. They looked awful. Duke. They looked terrible. Whoa. Yeah. I think Oregon thought they were playing a basketball game. Yeah, beating Portland Portland State, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And Portland thought it was a baseball game. Something else for sure. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. As you know, this show has a very close relationship in so many ways to Westwood One and Westwood Run, uh, the Westwood One Radio Network, the Cumulus Podcast Network. Again, this show, all three hours every day available through that podcast network. We launched a new podcast on our new podcast set that's off to the left here uh, called Overreaction Monday. We're going to do our usual such segment, all of us together. Chris and I, uh, every Monday, are going to be bringing you the podcast version of Overreaction Monday. Um, Susie Schuster and Amy Trask starting next Tuesday, a week from tomorrow A show called What the Football, looking at the previous week's games, upcoming week's games, and of course, the entire world of sports, all of it available on the Cumulus Podcast Network. I'm also the host of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Thursday night is the big kickoff between the Chiefs and the Lions, and in advance of that, uh, I chatted over the weekend, just yesterday, I believe, yeah, just yesterday, a little Labor Day chat, (laughs) with the great Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. World champion, Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, how are you, Coach?
4: rich i'm doing good thank you
0: how does that hit you 25 years as a head coach in the league andy
4: well that means that means you're old right (laughs) so uh but it's been it's been an honor every one of those years has been an honor only 32 of us in the whole world that get a chance to do it and uh I, i cherish every
0: day of it so what was your first opening week in the nfl you remember that one for me
4: it was a long time ago. I'm not even sure who we played in that game,
0: but um, it, it, I'm sure it was very exciting. It was it was, what, was it in Green Bay? Was that where you were? Were you in yeah, Green Bay? Yeah, it was Green Bay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
4: it might have been Cincinnati or one of those. Um, okay. But I'm, I'm stretching it
0: way back. Now you're, hitting, you're hitting the way back machine. Maybe I hit it, I hit that way back machine button too much. You're You're focused yeah. on the on the here and now and the present. Um, how. Um much do you discuss the target that's on your back with your team or they've been through this before, so they already know
4: yeah, so the guy they know I mean they know that, that it's there I mean you don't really you really don't have to remind them they uh very often they they've got a pretty good feel on where they have been and you know what they've done when we got into this uh into this division here it was uh it was Denver it was in the same same situation we're in and, and, uh, and we're trying to go get them. Right. And, and so that uh, the, some of those guys are still around. They know, and, um, and they're, they do a great job in the locker room of making sure that's taken care of.
0: And I'm sure Mahomes is leading the way on that. Um, has he reached his peak? Do you think Andy of just that he's reached the saturation point of greatness, that this is the guy we're going to get Andy, what do you think here?
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, Rich, with the with the quarterbacks, every year um, until age takes over, they have a chance to better their game. Um, you know, I joke because it's a little bit like being a farmer that the work's never done. Um, there's always something you can work on, probably a little bit like you'd see with, um, you know, with, with, with golfers. They, they've, uh, they've always got something that they can work on. I think it's the same way uh, as a quarterback and, you know, they've, and so I I would tell you, has he reached it? Well, um, he's going to try to better it. You know, that's his attitude with it. And, uh, I know it's, it's good for, you know, he's done a nice job of where he's at, but he's always trying to get himself better.
0: And so, um, what do you think if you could pull on one, aspect of his game that you think he you or that you think he can improve on or you know he's paying new attention to to improve upon
4: and yeah so it's always it's always that combination of the routes in particular when you give them new routes and the coverages and the footwork that go along with that against a different look you know the different coverages uh, making sure our guys are familiar with it so you, you know reps become important there too um, but, but the footwork is normally where you go with a quarterback, especially if you're continuing to add things into the offense there.
0: And then, you know, when it comes to him and Kelsey, is there any comparison that you may have from your past at any point in time that you've seen a quarterback pass catcher connection like this on a team of yours, anything like this, Andy?
4: Well, I'll tell you that they're special that way. And, uh, you know, probably the latest one was Gronkowski and and Brady. I mean, they just got done doing this thing. So, um, the, but anyways, I know it's uh, they all do it a little different. The combinations do it a little different, um, and I'm glad we have both of them. And uh, both of them and both of them are best friends. And then they they uh, you know they both respect their games, and that's a that's a positive thing for us.
0: One of my favorite screen grabs that I saw recently from the preseason coach is, I guess, the play against Arizona where uh, Mahomes is running. He's got four guys chasing him to his right. That was the one where he threw the ball as he's leaping out of bounds. And Kelsey's on the numbers on the opposite side of the field going vertical, waving his hand like he's open as if he thinks Mahomes has his eyes in the back of his head. I don't know. Did you see? I'm sure you must have seen yeah. that on film. And what yeah, did you no, think of when you saw that, what did you think when you saw that?
4: Well, I was really watching Pat because I thought the defensive guys were going to knock him into the third row. There, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's a preseason game, and he's you know doing his best Sammy Baugh imitation. But he, he um, but I did see him. Yes, I did see him. And uh, you know they've they've made those kind of plays before, so that wouldn't have been too unusual. But um, they, the thing Trab does very well is he works to get himself open. Uh, if something breaks down, he's going to find a way to get open. And I know the Lions know about that. So they're going to, they'll have a, you know, uh, I'm sure somebody to cover them all over the field or at least attempt to.
0: Andy Reid here uh, on the eve of Thursday night's kickoff of the 2023 season. I'm sure you hear about the conversation about the running back market coach and how running backs are. Uh, not being valued monetarily, uh, certainly to the way that they figure that they should be. And a lot of the conversation is how you can just take kids out of college and throw them in there. And one of the players that gets mentioned when that theory comes to be discussed is Isaiah Pacheco and how you've taken Jarek McKinnon and done what he can do with him. Uh, do you and uh, your offense um, not um, focus on having a bell cow. Is that something that you um, you bring to bear when you put a game plan together? I wonder what your philosophy is on all of this, Coach.
4: Yeah, we we look. Yeah, I mean, we try to look for redeeming qualities. I mean, Brett Veach does a great job of this. So look for redeeming qualities that fit into the offense.
0: Uh, we
4: value those guys. I mean, they're they're important uh, important to our offense, and um, I know the market doesn't say that. Uh, but that's part of this business. It's a little bit secular that way. Uh, you know, one year it's going to be the receivers making a ton. Another couple of years down the road, the running backs will be back in there making a ton. This thing goes in a big circle. So um, it's just at this time, there, there are some guys like Pacheco and, like you mentioned, McKinnon, that have done a nice job, and they're, uh, you know, it's and they just didn't happen to be picked in the highest spots.
0: Andy read here. Prior to uh, kickoff, uh, so let's discuss your passing game and the receivers that you have, coach, and how the uh, relationship between Mahomes and some of the newer guys that you have there, and how you get that ready for Week One, where it currently stands.
4: Yeah, well, listen, we have a lot of no namers in there that uh, just work hard, and so they <clears throat> they're they're doing a nice job with that. They did a nice job last year with it, so. Um, and you know, like I mentioned, the, the Lions will be a, a great test in that area because they they're, they got a heck of a secondary, and um, you know they're going to give you a bunch of different looks. So it's important that, that those these no names get themselves in the right position and 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 do uh, um, do their job and, and do it the best of their ability, like they have in the past.
0: Then of course, defensively, you've got your your hands full. I'm sure you recall the last time a defense of yours took on Jared Goff. Under the lights, right, Coach? You remember that night? I
4: uh, night? I, no, I, I remember a lot, of, a lot of points put up that game. Um, yeah, a- yeah, he did a heck of a job. We, we have a ton of respect for him. I, I think you know that. It's a, uh, he's a, he's a good player. I liked him coming out of college, and you know, I think he's done a nice job in the, in the NFL, and he's found a new place to do it at with the Lions, and he coming, he's coming off a great year, and uh, and so our guys again, our secondary's been working like crazy to make sure we cover these good receivers. They've got, they've got a, a California connection there. That's pretty good. So they, they make sure we, uh, we stay on top of that.
0: And then of course, having Chris Jones would be helpful. And I know, you know, this is one of the controllables that you can't control. Um, what is your knowledge about Chris Jones just a couple of days before kickoff here, coach?
4: You know, yeah, you know, what, rich, uh, beach does a nice job of just taking care of that. <clears throat> I don't, I just worry about coaching the guys I've got um, I don't I don't worry too. I mean I've got enough to uh, to think about just getting ready for this game so um, and my motto has always been Chris knows this as the other guys do that if you're there we're gonna coach that guy <laughs> and if you're not uh, then you're not you know so you you're not going to be a part of it and so that's that's kind of where where we're at right now and I've got a lot of trust in our defensive line and uh, you know those are prideful guys there and you know you see this in sports that you know it's another man's opportunity to step in and do it if you miss and, and that's the way it is here with, with chris not there the, the other guys will step in and, and play
0: and then obviously this is not your first rodeo in this regard do you reach out to chris have you reached out to him recently at all coach yeah you
4: know what rich i just kind of keep that you know i'm i'm not going there with with any of that i let brett do I do his business and then whether I have or haven't, I just let that go. I mean, that's rather not talk about all that.
0: Sure. And then when you pass Brett in the hallway, do you just like give him an extra stare and say, what's up? Geez. Do you do that when you see him or when he calls, <laughs> you see his, his number on your yeah. phone, what happens?
4: You know, what, Ray, yeah. I are tag a lot of trust in him. So I, I, uh, I stick true to, you know, my, my feelings on it. And, um, and how I go about my business and, uh, with that trust that I have in Brad, I just he knows that I'm gonna coach the heck out of whoever's here.
0: And, Andy Reid here, a couple minutes left with the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, how about uh, you? And again, year 25 for you, Andy. How is how has the league changed since year one for you in Philadelphia? Now year 25, 11th in Kansas City for you.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I, the the simplest one I can give you is there's a lot more shotgun, right? Uh, back then we were, we were under center and uh, for my first few years at, uh, at Philadelphia, we, we never got in the gun and all of a sudden you're back in it. And then uh, the second thing would be the media uh, is, is way more educated, I think. And I don't mean uh, scholastically. You guys are smart guys, but just there's just more uh, knowledge out there of the game there's not as many secrets <clears throat> with the technology that's out there. So, um, you know, and, and the relationships, I think have actually gotten better with that, which is a little bit crazy, but uh, it's, uh, it, it, that part's quite a bit different than when I first got in.
0: And of course, you know, I, again, I know it's not your team, but I, I don't know if it passed your, your way, but um, you know, there was some news out of Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford, was talking about his new teammates, it was difficult to get to know these young kids because their faces are in their phones all the time. And that honestly, that 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 it was difficult to just not only communicate with them, but to make eye contact with them. Cause as soon as the the practice is over, everybody's grabbing their phones. I'm wondering how, you know, you deal with that era of player right now, Andy.
4: <laughs> yeah, so this is what's why i'm laughing when i got into the league there were no cell phones so I, right. I, I go back even you know like you do we go yeah. back a little bit further than that so right um but you kind of you roll with it and um you know the guys the guy that's what they do the one part about training camp that i love the most about going away <clears throat> excuse me is that uh the guys end up talking to each other they sit around the dinner table and they they talk they communicate they they go up their rooms they got they've got a room that they talk and uh and so uh the the cell phone gets put on the side for a second and they get to communicate verbally and that's a that's a nice thing i think about it
0: then i guess just to bring this all full circle coach is you know the target on the chief's back uh i know you said that the your players know that it exists i mean you're defending super bowl champs but there is a team coming in That would love to put a Chiefs pelt on their wall. I mean, you know, Dan Campbell, you know, how he came into the league, you know, how he has progressed in this league as a coach, and what the Detroit Lions would love to do and prove to the country that thinks you're about to steamroll him, quite frankly. So, how do you address that right now? Yeah,
4: sure. Dan Campbell, I think, is great for the National Football League. He's done a heck of a job, and, you know, I'm happy for him on that. And, um, you know, the, the one thing, again, I go back to that technology is we turn on this tape here and uh, and we see how good they are. That's not a secret. And so we know they play extremely hard and we've got a ton of respect for them. I've got a ton of respect for their coaching staff and what they do there. Um, and so it should be one heck of a game. We're, we don't look at the odds and all that. I'm, I'm, I can't even tell you what those are. And so I don't care, I just know it's a good football team coming in here we We've got to be ready to play and uh so that's what we're working on and we're taking it day by day as we go here and making sure that we you know we we get our business done.
0: Coach, appreciate the time I do cherish uh when you say yes when I ring up and say uh let's chat so I greatly appreciate it and um good luck on opening night and throughout the season. look for more of my calls. thank you.
4: Thanks, Rich. You're a great one, man. Appreciate Thanks. you.
0: Appreciate you saying that. That's Andy Reid of the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs before taking on the Lions on Thursday night. Fun chat with Andy Reid. We'll have one with Dan Campbell on tomorrow's show because we're fair and balanced. Coming up next, 30-year-old rookie Paul Heddy. It's Headley Of the New Orleans Saints. It is Hedley. It's Hedley. It's Lou Hedley as well. <laughs> Lou Hedley of the New Orleans Saints will be coming oh. up next. I can't have enough Blazing Saddles drops. That might be the only one we can play on radio. That's coming up next. Lou Headley of the Saints. Man, I just saw on ESPN during the commercial break because, you know, I have my finger on every pulse, my eye on every screen as we're sitting here on the Roku channel. The Eagles, according to ESPN, whatever their metric is, their their index, I don't know. Back in the day, researchers would just hand me a did you know to read at the end of SportsCenter. That was Ed, about did it. Did you know? You know, and some other facts. But now they've got their own, you know, whole to do. Um... The Eagles have the best chance out of the NFC to reach the Super Bowl. The Niners are two. Your Cowboys are three. Do you know who's fourth? In the NFC? In the NFC, according to ESPN, to reach the Super Bowl. To win the conference. Uh, Vikings? Nope. The Lions? That's correct. What? 10% chance. 10%. Again, I spoke to Dan Campbell over the weekend. That conversation's on tomorrow's program. I mean, oh, and I did ask him if he did, if he did, in fact, reach out to the NFL to see if he could get a live lion <laughs> on the sideline. We did hit that subject matter. His answer will surprise you. <laughs> His answer will surprise you. The way it surprises me if he says, no, he didn't. His answer will surprise yeah. you. That's all I'm going to say. That's a tease for tomorrow's program. Uh, but uh, I was a little late getting to Andy Reid, um, and we're about to bring in our next guest as soon as the radio audience returns. Any chance to play a Harvey Corman drop uh, on the program, I will do it. Because, again, every t- single time I heard the name of Lou Headley, it reminded me of it's that line from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Hedy Lamar. It's Headley. Thank you very much. I don't know how many times I'm going to use the drop, but one more time before we bring him on. It's Headley. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're gonna play celebrity true or false with him as I don't well. Know when the last time I watched Blazing Saddles, so. uh, it, 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 it holds. A while. It's it holds. Been a while. It, holds. <laughs> it holds. It holds. That's all I'm saying. It holds. Back here on the Rich Eisen show, eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial. Everybody wants to, uh, you know, a lot of people want to play the win loss game. Don't worry, we're gonna have time. Al so Michaels ready. making his way to our studio. We'll chat with him. Hour number two, Demarcus Ware. Our three, Overreaction Monday. We're gonna fit in as many win loss games as we possibly can. But joining us here on the Rich Eisen show, as you know, we're we're all about the punters here. I'm the one who screamed punters are people too many, many years ago uh, when Brian Anger got drafted before Russell Wilson by the Jacksonville Jaguars back in the day. <laughs> uh, joining us here now on the Rich Eisen Show, 30-year-old rookie from the New Orleans Saints by, the way, by way of Australia and the University of Miami, Lou Headley, here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are
3: you, Lou? Great, mate. Um, happy to be here.
0: Thanks for saying that. Greatly appreciate it. What's going through your mind as you're getting set to kick and punt against the Tennessee Titans is a 30-year-old in the NFL now. Lou, what do you got for me?
3: Uh, yeah, so last week was a, a little crazy, you know, um, but that all settled down now. So just like any other week, um, it's the same preparation going into to week one against the Titans.
0: So did you, what? how long have you been, if you will, dreaming for this moment, Lou?
3: Uh, I think uh, I come over here in 2017. I went to junior college in San Francisco. And obviously, the goal out of there was to – Go to a big uh, college program, and I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to the University of Miami. And then, yeah, once I started at Miami, um, I kind of yeah. The next goal was obviously to make it into the NFL. So it's been a long time coming. Um, and like I said, it feels like it's flown by. Um, yeah, and just very fortunate, blessed to be in the situation I am, and ready to go week one. And,
0: and so you know, um, when you who who was the first person in your life to say you know how how does American football sound to you?
3: Um, I had a coach when I used to play Australian rules football. I always had a pretty big kick. So um, I had a coach, Coach Brew, his name was. Um, he kind of told me, he's like, you should give American football a crack. And I didn't really know there was any pathways into it. Um, but now, fortunately enough for young Australians, there's, you know, there's academies over there that kind of teach um, AFL players, Australian rules football players how to kind of kick an American ball and kind of show them the pathway into college football over here. So yeah. once I figured out how to go down that path uh, with Pro Kick Australia, um, they kind of you know told me I've got a shot at making a big-time college and potentially going to the NFL. So from there, I just kind of followed suit. And, um, yeah, like I said, ended up at City College of San Francisco to the Uni- University of Miami and uh, then very fortunate enough to sign with the Saints.
0: All right. Well, Lou, there's so much about your past that has been already discussed, but I, I, I need to know what's true and what's not. As you know, in our world, some things are not true. They sound false in our world, and that's how we play a game on The Rich Eisen Show called Celebrity True or False. Normally, we play it with actors, actresses, musicians, writers. You were the first punter to play it, Lou. So are you prepared for this big moment? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. Ready to go. Here we go. Lou Headley. Celebrity true or false. Hit it. We have some nice uh producing value here. Celebrity true or false. You can't handle the truth. Yes, there it is. Punters are celebrities too. All right, first up for you, Lou Headley. True or false, the population of your hometown in Western Australia is 351.
3: False.
0: That's false. Okay. What is maybe
3: the, it's maybe it's true now, but um, when I was living there, it was, I think it was about 700. So possibly it's gotten smaller for sure.
0: Okay, so the population was doubled at that town. What, yeah. what is the name of your hometown in Western Western? Okay. And what was life like there for you with 700 people? Yeah. So
3: it was a small fishing town. Um, you know, there you know, wasn't much kids at the school. So I remember my brother's three years older than me. I think we we're in the same classroom when we played sports I was kind of on the same team as him so you know there wasn't enough people to kind of spread it all out but when I was 12 I ended up moving into the city maybe 10 uh, um, moving into like the city suburbs so I got an idea of what you know everything else looks like but yeah growing up until about grade six I was kind of in a really small um, fishing town.
0: Number two on this list Lou Headley true or false you worked for years as a scaffolder before trying American football is that true?
3: That is true, yes. How long? So I think I started scaffolding when I was 17. Um, so about five or six years until, yeah, then I decided to come over to America and give college college a crack.
0: Okay, so that's your first ever hang time is scaffolding, is what you're saying, Lou?
3: <laughs> yeah, I was hanging up there in a the harness, yeah, well before kicking a football.
0: How high have you ever been uh, hanging from a harness in your life, Lou?
3: Um, I don't know, maybe about... 50 meters, I don't know what, what that translates to feet um, but pretty high, skyscrapers and stuff like that are, um, gets the blood going for sure
0: Okay, I was told there would be no math on this, Chris how, how high is 50 meters in feet what do you got for me right there? Uh, it's about 175 feet, did you just do that off the top of your head? yeah it's like 3 point whatever All meters right. That's that's impressive feet. okay, next one for you Lou, true or false, you co-owned a tattoo parlor in Indonesia that is true how how the hell did that happen?
3: So my uh, one of my best friends, um, Nathan Musni actually plays in the the mm-hmm. AFL back home. Um, his stepdad is Balinese, and so he could le- illegally, you know, mm-hmm. run a business over there. So we all put put a certain amount of money in, and yeah, we'll run a, sh- a shop over there called Rosemary Tattoo. It's actually still up and running there in Bali, but um, yeah, I ended up selling my. Share of the shop um, to put forward to junior college. Do
0: you have a, a Florida Lee tattoo now? You got one. No. Why, why? Why not? What's up?
3: All right, maybe it's coming. Maybe we got one coming.
0: Okay, so then what's the most interesting ink that you have?
3: I got I got many tattoos that people find interesting. You know, I got aliens. I got spaceships abducting cows. I got a uh, I got a lot of things on my my body.
0: <laughs> so you believe that there is alien life form then that abducts cows is what you're saying.
3: Yeah, I guess so. So I was, uh, I got that, I got those tattoos when I was a little younger. Okay. Um, you know, about 12 years
0: ago. So, okay. um, but yeah, sure. All right. Last one for sure. <laughs> okay. Last one for you. True or false. You wore 94 at Miami because that was Dwayne Johnson's number at Miami.
3: Uh, yes, that's true.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, why, why is that Lou? Why'd you do that?
3: Um, Well, I'm not really big on numbers. You know what I mean? I didn't really mind what number I was going to wear. But, um, you know, getting recruited to Miami, I obviously learned about the history of it. And, um, you know, when I found out that The Rock went there and wore number 94, um, you know, I was a huge fan of his growing up. Me and my brother used to watch all the wrestling matches. Mm. Um, So, yeah, just I thought it would be cool to to follow in his footsteps and get, get 94 back on the map at Miami.
0: Okay. Did you ask
3: for it? specifically uh yeah when i got there no one was wearing 94 so i did ask if i could wear it um and yeah it was was available and
0: he has we just saw on the screen he's tweeted at you
3: yeah so he he reached out when i first signed with miami um and then uh he actually sent me a really nice video message before the draft process wishing me luck with everything and then yeah once once he found out the news about me signing here he kind of sent me another couple of nice tweets as well. So I appreciate that a lot.
0: Did you, have you had the uh, gumption to ask Cam Jordan if he would give up 94 <laughs> there in New Orleans for you, <laughs> Lou?
3: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's the big tallest number to keep.
0: So that's what we call a non-starter. You did not do that at all. No,
3: definitely not. Okay. <laughs> Very
0: good. All right, Lou. Uh, thanks very much for for zooming in here. Thirty uh, year old rookies are always fascinating. Punters are fascinating to me as well. Go go punt. Go hit the. Uh, can you can you hit the Superdome roof? Do you think?
3: That'd be a tough task. If anybody ever hits that roof, that might be the biggest punt in NFL history.
0: Okay, <laughs> let's see it. Let's see it against Tennessee. Give it a try, Lou. Thanks for thanks for zooming in.
3: I uh, appreciate it, Rich. Thanks for having me
0: on the show, man. Anytime. That's Lou Headley of the New Orleans Saints getting set to punt in the National Football League at age 30. Didn't ask Cam Jordan. I wouldn't have either. Yeah, yeah, that's smart, that's That'd have right. been very expensive. It's Thank Hedley. you very much. Yeah, great, great chat with uh, with Lou Headley. It's Headley. Thank you very much. <laughs> One, <laughs> One last Harvey door. Corman drop. <laughs> Al Michaels coming up in studio, hour two. That's how we're rolling. It's Headley. Thank you very much. <laughs> the veteran move, not asking Cam for the number. Right. Hey, I know you've been here you know, forever, and you're probably going to the Hall of Fame. What do you think about giving me 94? 94, after all this time. <laughs> you want to wear your old college number? What was Cam's New Orleans versus Tennessee. That's one of those games people are like, for week one, eh. Except one of those teams will be 1-0. And then New Orleans is at Carolina on a Monday night in week two. New Orleans wins a home game. They will then be taking on the team with a rookie quarterback on Monday night football. And then they're at Green Bay. Saints have the easiest schedule in the league. They have a path to the one seed in the NFC if uh, <laughs> Philly and San Francisco kind of falter. And Derek Carr's as good as everyone yeah, man. thinks and hopes. And then Alvin Kamara is coming back. If Can't Guard Mike returns to his old form, look out. And they've got an Aussie punter. At age 30. The Jets had a guy named Ben Graham who came over from Australia and was a rookie at age 31. So... How about us? Like we come on. Game. If you had told me the first show we would be doing of NFL Week would be coming on talking about Dion winning his first game as head coach at Colorado, <laughs> yeah. Andy Reid in his twenty-fifth year, right? And then the punter, a thirty-year-old rookie of the New Orleans Saints, before yeah. welcoming in Al Michaels. I say, of right. course, that's how we roll. What are you smoking, bro? Give me some. Hour number two <laughs> of this program coming out with the great albino in studio.
2: I believe it.